do the crime, do the time. The Department of Player Safety handed down their ruling on Evgeny Malkin's hit on Mark Borowiecki in Sunday afternoon's game. We're going to talk about their ruling and also give you an update on the latest on Mark Borowiecki's condition. Plus, it is game day, Smashville. Nashville Predators are taking on the San Jose Sharks. We are going to talk about that game and what two Nashville Predators players need to step up, not just tonight, but down the stretch for the Predators. All that's coming up on Locked on Predators. Your Locked on Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, everyone. Thank you for making Locked On Predators your first listen of the day. I am Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer at OnTheForeCheck.com. I am usually joined by my partner in crime, Nick Morgan. Nick is on his way to Florida for a family vacation. He is going to be joining us later on this week, so he'll be back very soon. But for today, it's you and me, and we have a lot to talk about when it comes to hockey and the Nashville Predators. So let's Let's jump right in. Probably the hottest topic in social media when it comes to hockey in the NHL so far this week has been the hit by Evgeny Malkin on Mark Borowiecki in Sunday's Penguins-Predators game. Uh, if you missed that game, Malkin high-sticked Mark Borowiecki in the face after the buzzer uh, of the second period, uh, Mark Borowiecki was immediately bleeding, left uh, the ice, and did not return for any shifts in the third period, was not back on the bench in the third period. There's been a lot of discourse online about this hit and whether it merited suspension or not. Malkin had his uh, meeting with the Department of Player Safety. It was a phone call, and they handed down a four-game suspension for Malkin on his, uh, for his hit on Boro. This was, I would say, a slightly surprising ruling. Um, I think most people felt like this was a suspension worthy um, play. I think most people would agree that it was somewhat egregious. It was not a hockey play, but I am a little bit surprised if I'm honest, I'm surprised that it was a four game suspension. Now they say that the department of player safety take, you know, considers a lot of factors when making a ruling. One of them is previous uh, fences, um, Malkin had a 2019 suspension for a high stick or swinging a stick, but that was really um, his only suspension. He's been fined, but nothing hugely egregious in his history. So I was a little bit surprised it was a four game suspension. This was um, an egregious non-hockey lost your mind play that uh, really was inappropriate and deserving of a suspension. Uh, it is going to come back to bite the Penguins. Um, they're going to lose him for four games coming down the stretch, working on getting into the playoffs and getting ready for postseason. So this is a significant move by the Department of Player Safety, which, let's be honest, and we're going to touch on this in, a, in just a minute, 
they're very unpredictable when it comes to their ruling. But I just wanted to read to you a little bit about what they said in their ruling. Uh, the Department of Player Safety released this statement. Uh, in part, they said, it is important to note this is not a case where Malkin raised his stick defensively or reflexively to protect himself. The NHL Department of Player Safety said in an explanation video they released, we find Malkin's cross-check to be retaliatory and aggressive. While we heard Malkin's assertion that Borvietsky initiated the scrum by restraining him and confronting him, neither action merited Malkin's response. Players are not excused from violating league rules because of the actions of their opponents. There is simply no justification for a player to forcefully and intentionally cross-check another player in this manner. So that was their ruling, uh, their explanation for the four-game suspension. I will say that it was met with mixed reaction on social media. And, and let's be honest, anytime you have a situation like this, it is um, very polarizing on social media. Everybody has an opinion on how dirty a play was, how consistently or how well-known any specific player is for playing questionably, and what the Department of Player Safety should do. This case was no, um, no exception to that. I will say that I do appreciate uh, there were a number of Penguins fans that I saw on social media saying that they felt like this was a dirty play, that this was suspicious suspension worthy. Um, and so I appreciate that, you know, of course, you're always going to have some people who say, you know, this is hockey, let it go, let the big boys play. And I want to talk about that really quick, because behavior like this, and um, incidents like this, don't do anything to further the sport of hockey. Hockey is known to be a sport with fighting in it, and that's a topic for another day, but it has a reputation of being a rough, more aggressive sport. But hockey needs to continue to evolve and move forward, and it helps no one in this league to defend this hit by saying, Malkin was bothered by Borvietsky. Borvietsky was pulling on him. They were engaging and he was getting picked on. And um, so he retaliate, retaliated. There's just no room for that. And the Department of Player Safety said that, that while Borvietsky was engaging with him, there was nothing in his behavior that merited this. It helps no one in this league to excuse these kind of plays for any reason. It helps no one in this league to say, you know, hockey is a physical game. If you can't take it, don't start it or don't play. It helps no one in this league for coaches to excuse or allow this type of play. I was a little bit disappointed in Mike Sullivan's post-game response to the play. I understand that you are not going to get a coach that's going to come out and do media and say, hey, this player that is on my team committed a dirty hit. This was a dirty hit. You're not going to have that. And so he is going to have to dance around some sort of defense for his player because that's just the nature of how the beast is right now. But you have to set a standard as a coach for what is allowable. And that kind of play should not be allowed, not only by the Department of Player Safety, but by the coaches as well. And this brings me to the Department of Player Safety. 
there is such inconsistency uh, in the league with how they handle different situations. And I think that that is a problem that needs addressed. Consistency in rulings of these kind of incidents could really help move the culture of hockey forward because there is no consistent message of what is and is not appropriated, appropriate, what will and will not be tolerated. It seems arbitrary. They say that there is some sort of criteria for why they make the decisions they do. But let's face it, we all have questions on almost every single ruling they hand down. Why was it this? Why was it not more? Why was this player not brought before the Department of Player Safety? There is such an inconsistency in that body and it needs cleared up and it needs clarified, not for the fans, but in internally, there needs to be some sort of consistency in what they are doing. The players and the sport of hockey deserve better from the Department of Player Safety than what they have consistently gotten. So something that I really would love to see the league take a closer look at in the offseason is how this Department of Player Safety uh, handle situations like this. Now, update on Mark Borvietsky. Uh, just got word that he was on the ice for morning skate this morning. I will tell you that he looks like he has seen some things, definitely has some stitches, uh, but hopefully will be able to play in the game tonight. So that is great news for the Nashville Predators. Very good to have Mark Borvietsky on the ice for this team. So looking forward to seeing, hopefully seeing him back in the lineup. It is game day for the Nashville Predators. They are going to take on the San Jose Sharks tonight. We are going to have a look at tonight's matchup in just a minute. But first, want to let you know that this episode is brought to you by our friends at Shady Rays. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that gives you the features of $200 sunglasses for a fraction of the price. That means you get polarized lenses, well-constructed durable frames, and premium high-end finishes. Also, something you won't find anywhere else is Shady Ray's Insane Protection Program. Shady Ray's includes lost and broken protection on every pair. They will send you a brand new pair if you lose yours, no matter what happened. And if you don't love them, you'll pay nothing. It is as simple as that. Plus, 10 meals are donated to fight hunger in America when you shop with Shady Rays. Exclusively for our listeners, head to ShadyRays.com and use code LOCKEDON to get 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. That's code LOCKEDON for their best deal of the season. 50% off two or more pairs of Shady Rays sunglasses. Shady Rays is backed by over 150,000 verified five-star reviews. And this episode is also brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. You will find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. 
So game day, everyone. Back home in Smashville, this is the first home game in a five-game home stretch, which is terrific. Uh, we are taking on the San Jose Sharks tonight. The Sharks are 29-33-9. They are 3-6-1 in their last 10 games. They are on a six-game losing streak. They have dropped games to Arizona, Colorado, Dallas, Edmonton, Calgary, and Vancouver. So have lost to some good teams. They took Edmonton to overtime. They had a one-goal game with Dallas. So they have had some good games, just have not been able to close it out. They did lose 5-2 to two to Arizona. So, you know, there's some encouragement in that for the Nashville Predators. Uh, the Predators took on the San Jose Sharks last March 5th. This was the game after the infamous loss to the Seattle Kraken, where I believe John Hines and the players had a come to Jesus meeting. And probably he used his outside voice. And the Predators came out against the Sharks and won eight to nothing. That's right, friends. Just bask in the glory of that eight to nothing win the last time they faced the Sharks. The Predators had two goal games from Matt Duchesne, Michael McCarron, and Matt Luff. Also had goals from Yakov Trenin and Mikhail Granlin. So very prolific offensive game for the Nashville Predators. One of the things that's very interesting when you go back and you watch the highlights from that game is that many of these goals were net front, gritty, take out the trash, clean up the garbage goals. Uh, you had primary and secondary scoring going. You had Matt Duchesne, but you also had Matt Luff. And UC Saros played lights out in this game. San Jose had a lot of really good high danger chances in their matchup in March. UC Saros was in it to win it in that game. And we're going to need that again in net when we played them in March with Staylock and then Sachenko came in to relieve him after the Predators went up for nothing. That is not going to be the case tonight. Tonight, James Reimer will likely be in net and he is having a good stretch. Uh, he is nine, one and one in his last five games. So playing very well, it's going to be a little bit more of a challenge to get some pucks past the netminder tonight than it was in that eight nothing loss. So can't go into this feeling too overconfident. I think we all know overconfidence in the Nashville Predators never ends well. San Jose Sharks have some players uh, having some real good years. Timo Meyer, 31 goals, 39 assists. Tomas Hurdle has 28 goals, 31 assists. Logan Couture, 49 points on the season. And this is one I just have to throw out for the emotion of it. Let's hear it for San Jose Sharks player Nick Benino, former Predator. He's got 20 points, 11 goals, 9 assists. Benino is playing on their third line. And so many sweet memories of Nick Benino when he was in a Predator's uniform. But we don't wish him that well tonight. So the Sharks have really kind of been through some things recently. They had their general manager step down last week. Doug Wilson stepped down from the Sharks. So what do we have when we combine all of this information and look at it tonight? You know, where are the Nashville Predators? 
The game in March was a bounce back game for the Predators. They had a lousy showing against the Seattle Kraken and came out against the Sharks and really put it together. There was a fire under them. And this is a great opportunity for Nashville to do the same thing again. These two losses this past weekend were difficult losses. Granted, they were against two teams that are vying for playoff spots. Let's face it, the Florida Panthers are looking at an opportunity to go all the way. Nashville missed some points this weekend. They played okay and well against these two teams, but not well enough for points. This is a night to get two points. And it really has to happen for the Predators tonight. So what do they need to do to win? How important is this game tonight? We're going to talk about that coming up in just a minute. Want to tell you that this episode is also brought to you today by rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models on the road, it is now impossible for that local chain auto parts store to stock everything that you need for your vehicle. Why endure pointless or seemingly intimidating questions and wait while a person behind a counter orders the parts from their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. You can save time and money using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, or 100% more on the exact same parts? when Rock Auto has reliably low prices every day and they have everything you could need for your car. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Go explore their easy to use website today to find the solution to your auto parts need. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. So tonight, the Predators are taking on the Sharks at Bridgestone Arena. Like I said, this is the first of a five-game homestand, which is really important for Nashville to have some of these home games. We're going to need Smashville to bring the energy and to help propel this team energy-wise to some important wins. How important is tonight? This is huge. Points are key at this point of the season where Nashville is at in the standings, and they are going to be very hard to come by from here on out. Nick Alberga uh, tweeted out a list of the NHL teams with the top records in the NHL since the trade deadline. Nashville will play four of the top six teams. So we're looking at a rough schedule, and Nick and I have hit on this. April is going to be brutal. The top six teams in the league since the trade deadline are the Panthers, the Wild, the Maple Leafs, the Blues, the Avalanche, and the Oilers. The Preds must play Minnesota, St. Louis, Colorado, and Edmonton. The Predators only have three games against teams that are under 500 left, and they're going to need all of those points, and then some more to get into the playoffs and to be in a good position going forward. So what do the Predators need to do 
to win this game. First thing is get to your game early. From puck drop, from the drop of that first puck, the Nashville Predators need to get to their game. They need to get for checking. They need to be winning the board battles. They need to start pushing the puck through the neutral zone. They need to be attacking the net. There is no way that the Predators can come into any of these games down the stretch and sit back from the start. So I really want to see, and the Predators need to have a hot start from the get-go in this game. I think if they can get some early momentum, that may carry them past this team. That won't be true down the stretch. You're going to have to play 60 minutes of hard hockey to beat teams like Colorado or the Tampa Bay Lightning. But I think against the San Jose Sharks, if they can get some momentum and get a good lead, that will carry them pretty far in this game. So first thing they're going to need to do, get to their game early. The second thing that the Predators have got to do is shoot the puck. I know that's the game of hockey, and it sort of seems ridiculous to say that that is a key to this game. But if you look at the recent games, one of the things that the Predators and some of their top players are doing is they are looking for that perfect pass. They are looking for one more pass than I think they need. They're looking for that perfect shot. Here's what Nashville did the first time against San Jose, and here's what they need to do tonight. Stop looking for perfection, get traffic in front of the net, and score a gritty goal. We're looking for tip-in goals. We're looking for rebound goals tonight. Reimer is going to be more of a challenge than what the Predators faced the first time around. So they are going to need to get pucks on net and they're going to need to be right there for second and third chances. That's how they're going to get some goals. There are two players that I really think need to have not only big games tonight, but two players who we're going to need big games from gumming down the stretch. And it's players who have had fantastic seasons. But if you look at the last couple of games, the last five games or so, we need a little bit more from them. The first one is Philip Forsberg. Now, can't complain about Forsberg's season. The only complaint you can really lodge is that our boy has not signed a contract and we wait every day and hope for the best. I don't think we're going to hear anything until the season ends. And I will tell you, even then, I feel a little nervous about what may happen with Forsberg. Forsberg is tied with Matt Duchesne for the most goals. They're both chasing that record. They have 38 goals each. Forsberg has five points in the last five games, but only one goal. And we need a little bit of that Scoresburg magic tonight. We need him to stir that pot. Philip Forsberg, when he plays, can set some things up. He can stir the pot. He can draw the attention. He can move the defense with what he does. And we need to see a little bit more of that. Really need to see him getting some goals, not just tonight, but down the stretch. We are going to need our top scorers to really put the puck in net down the stretch. You are not going to beat a team like Tampa Bay. You're not going to beat Colorado with one or two goals. They're going to need to really put on offensive pressure down the stretch. And tonight's a great chance 
to practice that. So I would love to see Philip Forsberg tonight scoring some goals. The other player that I want to see have a strong game tonight and down the stretch, Tanner Janot. Now, can't complain about Tanner Janot. This is somebody that should be in the Calder discussion. We talked yesterday about uh, some people who believe that he should be considered. He's not your prototypical Calder player. I don't anticipate he'll win, but he is having himself a season. And remember, Tanner Janot is undrafted. Like he is an undrafted player. And what John Hines and David Poyle saw in him, kind of a diamond in the rough to protect him in the expansion draft really has paid off this season. So can't be critical of what Tanner Janot has done thus far, but he only has one point in his last five games. Now, granted, he did have himself a baby in as the mama of three, grace in abundance, my friend. You know this boy is probably not sleeping like he should. So grace in abundance, but Tonight, would love to see Tanner Janot get in there, get himself scoring again. Would love a shorthanded goal. Tanner Janot has one of only two for the Predators this season. So if the Predators wind up in the box, let's have a shorthanded goal. But really would like to see Tanner Janot step back into more of his physical game. He is still laying on the hits. He is still dropping the gloves. But really would like to see offensive production from Tanner Janot tonight. So looking to you, Philip, and looking to you, Tanner Janot, tonight. Great opportunity to sort of get your momentum back against the San Jose Sharks team. Look, there is not a gimme game in the NHL. And if any team knows that, it's the Nashville Predators as we look back at the Seattle Kraken. Like, there are games that you go in and you assume you're going to win and you can lose them. Nashville cannot go into this game overconfident. They cannot go into this game relaxed. They cannot go into this game with anything other than a playoff mindset. If they do that they have a chance to use these 60 minutes tonight as a launching pad for a really tough April. So this game is very important. This game needs to be a not just a win and two points for Nashville, but this needs to be a reset game for the Predators. The game starts tonight, Bridgestone Arena again. The puck drop is at 7 o'clock. It's on Bally Sports South. You can also listen to it locally on 102.5 with Pete Weber and Hal Gill. So make sure you're tuned in and ready for this game. On tomorrow's episode, we will, of course, have your complete game breakdown and analysis, including our one word to describe the game. And I just really don't want it to have to be a swear word. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't make me cuss tomorrow, Nashville. So we will have the game recap. It will also be Western Conference Wednesday. The Western Conference is, it's bat poop crazy, my friends. It is a lot to keep track of. We will have the latest on the rankings, how things are looking, what teams to be looking out for, who is trending up, who is trending down. Let's hope the Predators are trending up when we look at them tomorrow on Western Conference Wednesday. Hope that you will join us.
Thank you for making us your first listen of the day today. Nick will hopefully be back with us tomorrow on the show. In the meantime, you can find my work at ontheforecheck.com. You can message me or find me on Twitter at Ann K underscore Mama on Ice. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at LO underscore Predators. We would love to hear from you. If you are watching this on YouTube, we'd love for you to like, subscribe, share the video so some other Predators fans can find our content as well. We would love to hear from you topics that you want us to talk about, how you feel about the suspension on that Boro hit. Would love to get your feedback on that. But until tomorrow, again, thanks for making us your first listen of the day. Hope that you have a great Tuesday. Go Preds.